What's up, guys, and welcome back to episode trace of the Respect the Combat podcast. For those that don't know, my name is Mr. Donez Key, and with me, as always, is my co-host with the most, Mr. Trico Fulton. What's up, man? What's good? What's good, y'all? Once again, this is Trico Fulton, the leader of the Tritnanji family. And, um, well, yes, welcome back. We got some more news and updates for you guys. So, Donna, let's not waste time. Let's get to it. I know you don't want to get to the first topic, though. <laughs> I know you don't want to. Listen, and listen. Uh, you know what? I'm going to start off with this topic. Uh, we said it before. I, Ava, I said it before. Even though in my heart, I want the heart to heat the wind, but my brain says the, the Lakers. So, um. I'm glad uh, uh, we all know the the Lakers is gonna win because uh, they wanted to do for Kobe, which was which was great in his honor. I'm not mad about that. I there's no shame in it. Uh, will the Heat? They made it to the finals. There's no shame in that. Okay, that's all I'm saying. But there was some history records that was set in. So as we uh, get forward to it, so with that win, Lakers win their 17th title, which was tied to them to the Celtics, who also has 17. So that's another history there. So, not, uh, I think LeBron won his fourth MVP. Yeah, that was Yeah, he did, yep. Yeah, and not only has he won two uh, with, with the Heat with his first championship win, but now he has won championships in three franchises. The Heat, the, Cav- the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Lakers. And also, Danny Green and Roger Rondo, are the other players that have won championships with at least two franchises. Danny Green with the, the, the Lakers and the Spurs, and Rajah Rondo with the Lakers and the Celtics. And then uh, Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard, this is their first Number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Number but, um, one. Yeah. And um, as far as the, the Lakers go for that season, AD is going to re-sign back in. We already know LeBron's going to sign back in. But if they didn't win, or by come when he becomes a free agent, there was a rumor to say he might leave to go to New York. That's just a rumor. AD? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. There wasn't there was a Pacific on it. They, they didn't mention it was going to be the Knicks or the, or the Nets. They said that's just a rumor he might want to go to, the, to, to New York. That's, that's just a rumor. So, well, what do you, thought, what do you think on the, on the Lakers win? I loved it. I knew it was going to be for Kobe – this entire year, but the fact that they did it, and Miami actually made it a pretty close series. Like, me and my roommates were counting them out and saying it was going to be a 4-0 sweep because LeBron, and he had some rest and was just chilling going into the finals. But then Miami won game three. Miami won game five. Made it real close, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Is this about to be another Clippers Nuggets situation. Nope. Lakers shut that thing down in six. And thank goodness, because it would have been funny. <laughs> yeah. Any other thoughts, man, on that bad boy? Yeah. And um there was a rumor that um that the Heat might try to get um Milwaukee Bucks top player, uh Giannis. But, what? Yeah. So Giannis possibly going to Miami? Yeah, but that's just a rumor. But uh, if they have enough uh, salary and space on there, but Pat Riley know what what he doing. He tried to get the, uh, the 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 correct team together for uh, for for next season. But again, that's just a rumor. Uh, but if they do get him, think about him, Bam, and Jimmy Butler together. Yeah, but you have to think what the Bucks even want to do that because we all know. And one of my roommates tried to disprove this figure theory that the Bucks without Giannis are trash. So you think Milwaukee would do that trade? Yeah, I, I, again, like I said before, that, that is just a rumor. We don't know what, uh, what's going to happen with this year's um, free agency and the draft. That, uh, so we still got those things coming up before the next season starts. Okay, We are still in the, the process of seeing like what's going to happen with, with the next season in terms of with the other sports as well. So, speaking of things that are actually factual, championships, and rankings, Thursday, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, PWI, released their women's top 100. And 
man, the top 10, it kind of surprised me. But the top five, Trico and I legit have disagreements over and think should two of them for sure shouldn't be in there. One definitely, but I'm just going to run through this list. At number 10, Stardom's Queen Pen, Mayu Iutani. Number nine, the woman that took the NXT champion, Women's Championship off of Charlotte Flair and is getting ready for their Halloween Havoc special, going against Candice LeRae, NXT Women's Champion, Io Shirai, the first ever AEW Women's World Champion. At number eight, Riho. At number seven, talked about her, I think th- this the third week she's come up on this podcast in a row. But number seven, former Impact World Champion, former Impact Knockout Champion, Tessa Blanchard. Number six, who I think should be in the top five, possibly number three or four, in a current AW Women's World Champion. And I believe after Wednesday, she is 18 and one in 2020 in Hikaru Shida. And then number, here's the top five. Number five, perennial punching bag now. And former Monday Night Raw Women's Champion and women's tag, multi-time women's tag champion. Let's see what happens in the cell, but Sasha Banks. The most controversial entry at number four that me and Trico can honestly both agree on. It's the Rumble and what she tried to do with the NXT title. Charlotte Flair. Number three. Should be even higher, possibly number two, just because of timing. She's not Asuka. And then number one and two. I agree with just because one went down with the announcement of parenthood. And number two is Becky. Number one is still the role model, still the longest reigning SmackDown Women's Champion, and held that sucker basically for the entire time this list was a thing and a women's tag team champion in the golden role model in Bailey. Your thoughts. And yeah, I know we don't think Charlotte should be in there over Sheeta, but what are you going to do? We didn't make the list. Okay. But first off, I'm going to switch off this list. Okay. Bailey. Okay. She, uh, uh, she held the SmackDown women's championship uh, in a long way. So they're kind of pulling the CM Punk on her as far as the, uh, when he was a heel. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. I will say that is a big difference between this reign and Punk's reign. Punk rarely got main event and high-profile feud exposure. Bailey has been running the company legit through the pandemic era, whether that be with the tag titles, popping up on multiple pay-per-view double pay-per-views back-to-back when they were doing that for like two months, a two-month span, and legit the biggest feud in that division, bar none. The Raw Women's title, granted the division is surely lacking, even after the draft, which we'll get to in a second, but Bailey's had the better competition, better division, and it's not been a bunch of part-timers. Punk had some part-timers and got fed the Rock Cena too. I mean, uh, Bailey didn't have no real, uh, like, competition. I mean, even though she had some help. She had with, active. She had some help with, uh, with Shasha, but there were no real competition until now. She's in this field with Shasha right now, which it should have happened a long time ago, like at the WrestleMania. That should have happened. I feel but- like if it wouldn't have happened at Mania this year, and what I mean by that is – the SmackDown Women's title, since they didn't have the tag belts yet, should have happened because Sasha screwed her out of that five-way. But now we're getting it not only daylight dollar short, but at the wrong, like, pay-per-view spacing. Heck, I would have put it, the, ta- the Hell in a Cell match, given it to Bianca Belair. Sorry for a bit of a spoiler, but Bianca maybe thrown in lace I don't even know what the divisions are anymore because of the draft. It all messed me up. But I would not have put 
I'd have kept Sasha off TV, probably put her on Raw, but the Rumble would have put Sasha on SmackDown to go one-on-one with Bailey. So basically, Bailey would have went into two Maganias back-to-back as the role model and defending the belt. In of my course. Eyes. Yeah, of course. So we have a um, a, a long uh, way to go, but I they still want to uh, go forward uh, with it based on everything that's going on with this year. We basically pull out the power to uh, I wouldn't say two men, but two women power trip storyline uh, when they won the tag team titles and uh, all the championships in the uh, in the WWE where they pull out with, with that storyline. But yeah, um, we're going, yeah, we're gonna be yeah. talking about that next week with what is going to be a triple prediction, triple pay-per-view slash story prediction show, but prediction slash preview show. But it's like this match and Sasha's return got so rushed to where it was annoying. I think the only one who would have had a case for a worse return would have been AJ. But um, as far as for, for AJ goes, it only depends what's going to happen after Drew and Randy's match at Hell in a Cell. Is he going to be a, the next contender, or is he going to go after the United States title? So they got to figure out what they're going to do with AJ. Mm-hmm. So the Hurt Business or AJ's turning babyface going into Survivor Series, I don't know because I feel like the Hurt Business is going against Retribution. Yeah, series. that's most likely what's going to happen for them when it comes to Survivor Series. I completely agree. But, yeah, other than that, I do think, yes, like, caliber of comp- competition, AEW's, I would agree, is trash. Stardom had a six-month intermission between when COVID basically started to when they resumed so i kind of agree but nxc has had the better talent pool than ron smackdown yet yeah what are you gonna do bigger names and bigger promotion and bigger buzz but that's enough of the quote-unquote wrestling and list coverage for the week but shall we just talk about the Titans again? Mm. Which the dummies are finally back on the field. The Forno dummies after a 16 day layoff after we all know what happened. Don't need to go in depth. They finally gotten back in, back in action, back on the field after those two weeks and beat the brakes up the bills. <laughs> which was funny. The Titans, yeah, that was hilarious. Like, the Titans versus the Bills, we all knew that was going to be ugly. But 42-16? to 16? I didn't see that. But do you think this is only temporary till the league finds out what, figures out what to do and makes an example out of that organization? Well, like to, to, to the NFL with a lot of breaking news that, that's been going on with the outbreaks with Tennessee and other um, uh, franchises, they have can't, they, they, they already canceled the, uh, the Pro Bowl. And this is a rumor. And this is a, this is a rumor here. They either think about delaying this, uh, uh, the, this year's coming Super Bowl or having a playoff bubble. I heard it a possibility of 18 weeks, an 18-week season. Do you think that's going to happen? Or it's just going to be confusing to figure out what they do until next March, next February, next March. Yeah, and, because, of course, because the playoffs starts around January and, in, uh, and, and the Super Bowl is in the first week of February. Yeah, so I feel like we're all going to be – Involved with NFL, just updates, and what are we going to do until next, the first quarter of next year, and when we're dealing with the inauguration stuff. But that wasn't the only 
NFL marquee injury over the weekend. And I kind of, and I told my roommates, don't go in depth with this. Just tell me what happened. I will look up the analysis later. Don't explain it. And this is because I know I'm going to get squeamish. I will just tell you the injury and not go in depth with the whole and let people's minds run with what happened on the play. But I'm not going to say what the injury was. Dallas Cowboys, Dax Prescott, compound fracture and right ankle dislocation. Yeah, did you happen to watch, even though I know you're not a Cowboys fan, Trico, did you happen to see the game or the play? Or any of the replays? Yeah, and I saw the the injuries. uh, This uh, uh, this injury can can definitely hurt some uh, life life financially. Yeah, and as regards to the, this uh, uh, this season, but he's having uh, uh so he has surgery Sunday night. It says uh, uh it's not it's not career threatening, but he said he could be out to at least four to six months in recovery time. Yeah, he's definitely out for the season, but. Yeah. He feels like, and it's funny that we are thinking about Dax Prescott and a foot and ankle injury when we just had Austin Creed, who was out for nine, Ember Moon, who was out for a year, at least a year, 14 months. Yeah. Yeah, she was out for 14 months with both Achilles injuries for both of them. And then you have this, which is a compound fracture and ankle dislocation. Ooh, I'm just glad it wasn't a grade A with the bone sticking out from the skin and it was still like contained. But for the sake of anybody that is squeamish, we're moving on. You know? Yep. And let's talk about this whole Buckley Kingsway knockout, man. Did you happen to see the clip? Because I got sent it and I'm like, Wait a minute. Did somebody watch some Tekken before they went to the cage? Because mm. it looked legit, looked like a straight Li Chao Lan misstep. Or. Yeah, yeah that, that knockout there, that looked like something straight out of Tekken right there. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, and, I'm, uh, and I'm hoping they put out a meme, say the round one fight, put the knockout. K.O. That would be more of a GIF, not a meme. <laughs> oh, no, but... Like, put that, like, um, they take the video, right? And then add, oh, like, the, no. the, the, the effects. Like, yeah, like that. Yeah, do something like that. With the hell bar and everything. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know what round that was. I knew it was, like, on a basic fight night. It wasn't on one of the pay-per-views, because we're talking about Habib's next week as well. But... Man, that was nasty. That was like one of the nastiest knockouts I had seen in a while. Because not even, none of the major fights have ended like sound and even DC Stipe, which has been known for knockouts, ended in, okay, we'll just go five rounds. So it was nice to see something. Nice to see a knockout. Just didn't expect it to Somebody to leave his body. Somebody sold to leave their body before they dropped. Like that. And honestly, yeah, let's move on. That was basically on Fight Pass primarily. But let's go with something that this past Wednesday was kind of on TNT. Did you happen to watch the Dynamite from this week? Yes, and we'll break it down. Uh, what happened? I mean, I'm probably going to break out all the the championship fights that happened. So yeah, let's just break those four down because I'll so, sum it up. Yeah, no title changes, which was kind of expected because the pay per view is not next week's prediction show, but it will be the preview and predictions in two. One, two, three weeks. Three weeks, excuse me. It'll be yeah, in three November weeks 7th, we're talking about that. 7th, Saturday, November 7th, full gear. Yep, Saturday the 7th, so we'll be talking about that in three weeks. 
But yeah, this like there were a cu- I knew Cody wasn't dropping the North the TNT title. Excuse me, but it was crazy the way it ended with no uh, a draw. Because it's been months since we've seen a draw. Months since we've seen all four titles defended on the same card. And yeah, so. We've got freaking Orange Cassidy getting another title shot. And we said full gear in three weeks, right? Yeah. And um, and speaking of that. I will – let me finish the statement on this. So, three weeks. Orange Cat – three weeks with full gear on the, se- on the 7th. Orange Cassidy is getting a run back with Cody on the 28th. So, I highly doubt – there's going to be a TNT title match at full gear. Let's talk about the tag title match because there was even more development later on in the night, which we all saw coming. And if this is the build, they're going toward full gear. I'm sleep. I'm sleep more than the super kicks they laid because FTR did what FTR has been doing. Healing old school heels and just, Trick, trickery and beat the best friends who didn't see it coming. And then later in the night, we get, oh, yeah, let's have a gauntlet next week to establish number one contenders. They list oh, off four-way. fatal four-way elimination between let's go with Pratt. Let's go with private party. Yay. Let's go with. Freaking Butcher and a Blade. Okay. Let's go with Silver and Reynolds. And then, and you could tell by Tony's voice, he is fed up. Even He has to play it so hard because they dropped him to the Young Bucks. I'm like, bruh, this is how far and why I hate this storyline they're doing with the Bucks right now. Because it's like they have nothing to do and this is the road they're taking to get to the dream tag match that everybody's been wanting really for about the last five, six years. Heel versus heel. And the young bucks look like they've gone off a hangman page bender. Do you see it going to anybody else but the bucks? Absolutely not. <laughs> it, def- it definitely going to be the Bucks versus FTR. And let me explain why. Because we already know there's a tournament going on for the, for the AEW World title. and To crown the number one contender. Exactly. So, when it comes to the finals, at full gear. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second before you even say right, anything. Because I know you were going to talk about that. I want to save that for the post Moxley Archer stuff. Yeah. But let's just focus on this tag team scene, which if anybody expects any team but the Bucks to win, and they've got, at that point, two weeks to build toward full gear, simply storyline to build, but you made the challengers look like drunk potheads off a week-long bender. Come on now. I'm sorry. This is not the way to build and make me want to invest in the Bucks. And especially if they're playing the baby faces in the feud <laughs> with FPR after everything they've done in 2020 to make me think they're heels. And now let's move to the other title match, the third title match of the evening, what one which I feel like they really got wrong because there is only one match that they could do at the pay-per-view. And it would make sense, fit, and it's Sheeta versus Big Swole last night. Sheeta won by kicking Big Swole's head off again. And her record's now at like 17-1, and one, as I brought up earlier. But Sheeta should not have won last night. Because her only option is now for full gear, that's in the AEW women's division, this is why everybody hates that women's division. Because they run back 
and Nyla Rose's rematch clause. Yes, which I, I think that's gonna happen full gear. Oh yeah, it's definitely gonna happen because it'll be five months since Nyla's even sniffed or even hinted that she wants the belt, and she's been sitting at number one for the longest. Which they should have did that match at all out, but they didn't. So it's going to be Sheeta versus Nyla, and that's the only match they can book. And the wrinkle that's going to make this different than Double or Nothing is Vicky Guerrero. Which, yes, I know you're probably upset that Vicky Guerrero's the difference maker in this match, but you have to think about it. The mind of a Guerrero involved with any match in any capacity is enough of a difference in a singles match versus a no DQ match with the charge from the Guerrero as the challenger to sell me on it. And Vicky only needs to cut two, one, maybe two promos on Sheeta. And it's enough said. Which I would say it is like, if you start screaming, excuse me, mute your screens, mute your screens. It's her theme. <laughs> it's her theme. I'm just, sorry. It's her theme. Well, back in the day, that, that was the time you had to mute your screen every time you, you thought to talk. Nah, it was like you would have to mute it, like have to rock SmackDown with subtitles because you didn't know. And this is where I feel like they screwed up this week because Vicky should have, Vicky and Nyla should have been more than just in the crowd after Sheeta versus Swole. I feel like Swole and Sheeta should, I mean, Nyla and Sheeta should have had some sort of confrontation after that title match. And that easily would have been the setup and you could have gotten invested in the full year match. That's probably going to happen next week. Oh yeah, I feel like it will. So it's going to be interesting. I just hope it's not the same like setup they did for Double or Nothing, where Nyla stole Sheeta's Kendo stick and busted her over the head with it. Which is what led to their no DQ match. <laughs> Even though that was kind of funny. And then the main event last night, which had some spots in reference of what they did. We started in Japan. at the beginning of the show. And it'll be a no DQ match. Lance Archer, John Moxley. Tokyo Dome, January 4th, rematch. And this time, it was not Texas Deathmatch slash Last Man Standing. This time, it was just straight up no disqualification. Pinfall had to happen in the ring. I loved, but I hate, I love this match, hated the ending, because we've seen this stupid ending so much this year. I hated it. And it's not just an AEW thing why I hate roll-up endings. It's an entire wrestling thing. So if you look at so many different genres, so many different companies, and you see roll-up after roll-up after roll-up, it gets annoying and it gets groggy. So when the actual roll-up is the finish of a decent no-holds-barred disqualification match, it was so – it was done good. It's just – and I've said this before on the show. I think when – how long ago did we do the uh, Clash of Champions review? Like two weeks? A month ago. That was in September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did the Clash of Champions review. And did I say episode three? I meant whatever episode. But, um, yeah, Clash of Champions, Roman basically beat the brakes out of Jey Uso for a basically I quit stoppage, but in the same for excessive violence, but in the same like week you had Alexa bliss DQ via ref stoppage due to excessive violence and beating the crap out of Lacey Evans. And then the day after Alistair for the same thing on Kevin Owens diluted that finish. That's where I am with the point with a sneak roll up, finish in any match really I don't care the company because we see that almost once or twice a week at this point at least once or twice a week so 
I feel like that's what hurt the match, especially after Archer got up from the same spot that ended him at Wrestle Kingdom. Which, did you watch their uh, match in January for context for this one? Yeah. So, what happened in their match in January was John Moxley from the ring apron through at the time two Japanese tables through two Japanese tables between the ring, the steel great barricade and the ring Archer had his arm sliced up and got put through those. And that's what put him down for a 10 count. This time Archer gets up from that, gets back in the ring, hits a blackout. And then I'm like, the second he went for that cocky cover, I'm like, oh, no. This is where I'm like, this is going to end in a roll-up. Mox is returning. This is in a roll-up. I'm like, no. And that's what happened. Like, I knew it. Like, the cover told me how this match was ending. <laughs> and just thoughts on that. The match before we go to the aftermath or the uh, bracket. Like, yeah, like it one that you mentioned um, in January, but uh, I think I think that was a little bit more better than the one that, and um and they had this uh this past yes uh yes uh Wednesday on the anniversary show, but um it had some like some chaos in it in the beginning of the show uh like to start out like it, it was supposed to be a normal match after the chaos that happened at the show, so it was straight up no DQ, uh, uh going forward uh, with that. And then, uh, of course, you uh, you talk about the uh, the ending. Could that lead up to the um, to a match of full gear or end up to, to next week? Because Mar- whether or not Marcy becomes still a champion by full gear, he needs a um, reliable challenger. And as regards to uh, uh, regards to going in going into full gear, well, we'll talk. Now we talk about the ending of the match because I don't. After that ending, it may not be Archer. It might be Eddie Kingston, which is very intriguing because Kingston's not even a ranked contender, yet he's had a match with Moxley and has gone around with Jericho's old conspiracy theorist gimmick since he passed out. He didn't tap out. He didn't say I quit. He didn't get pinned by Mox in their open challenge match, and that started a feud, and I feel like just to shut him up, it might be a last, and I quit last man standing stipulation at the pay-per-view between Art Mox and Kingston for the title. And Kingston's not even ranked unless, like, I missed something from AEW Dark. Do you think it's going to be anybody else? Uh, if they're going to go that route and with that stipulation, uh, go for it. But... As I, I was about to mention earlier about the uh, the World uh, W uh, by the AEW World Title Tournament in the finals, regardless of uh, who uh, don't go to the fi- don't go to the finals yet. Let's just bring bring it back and let's just say the entire bracket before we go into the finals because I think we both know where we're going to with the finals because we have like a three day, three week build to get through six matches. And with the seventh at full gear. So we've got we... Penta Penta versus Phoenix. Once for bracket one, Penta versus Phoenix. And then the winner of that fights the winner of Kenny and Joey Janela. Kenny Omega and Joey Janela. That side of the bracket. It depends on what Eddie Kingston Eddie Kingston and Butcher and Blade do. If Butcher and Blade does not have a tag, randomly doesn't win the tag title eliminator next week. But that side should very well be Kenny. And then the side of the bracket that I think is actually going to be competitive and not any screwball finish. Oh, wait, I say the same thing about this. And we've got the Dark Order and MJF talking trash. But um, it's... Colt versus Hangman, and then Wardlow versus Jungle Boy. But I do think, like, you were – and now you can say who you think is going to win the final at full gear. 
and going into the really the last two months of 2020, possibly the January New Year's Day, New Year's Week show as number one contender. Go ahead. As far as uh, uh, the final is going, like you mentioned, all the competitors in the tournament, it might end up being Kenny Omega versus Heyman at a page in the finals. Which I think is going to possibly be Hangman's come. Like Kenny has done so much to get Hangman over to where this could easily be like Kenny's best thing. Because Kenny did his best in the G1 to get Hangman over a few years ago when they went one on one. When Hangman was juggling between Japan and ROH, then the titles, Kenny got Hangman, basically to show his personality. And throughout that entire tag team, Hangman got over, mainly on his own, but Kenny provided that platform. Now, this tournament, granted, and like I said, provided screwball finishes from either the Dark Order, MJL for his mouth, or what happens with the butcher and the blade next week, we could easily get hangman and Kenny provided any stupidity. And the one thing person that could easily mess this up and Miro called him out is fighting Kenny first round. I don't want to get to any hearsay, but that's legit what happened. So why Miro is like, his ankle was busted in that match from working a spot with Joey Janela. But yeah. Hey, I don't think that's enough, but it's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah, I will say it like that. And uh, until we see you guys in a little bit, have fun. And when we come back, we got. The 2020 draft highlights, which WWE 2020 draft, we got a lot to talk John there. Then to sum up this console generation, which we are less than a month from saying bye-bye to, we'll talk about our favorite fighting game community DLC from this generation or most insane and a little bit Mara. Till then, we'll see you in Thunder. Uber Eats is known for having hot food online, but launching in April, groceries will be added within the app. By adding grocery and convenience stores, they can reach more people who don't want to go out or don't have time to shop. Uber Eats helps out the stores by giving them more visibility and a solid customer base. You can download the Uber Eats app, enter your address, and you will see numerous grocery stores and chains. For an added bonus, several stores have free delivery and discount codes on special items. Let's go shop! And we are back! What? Man, this episode's been crazy, and I know it's been a bit of that wrestling-heavy nonsense with some sports injuries. Well, we got to do what we got to do. Ain't that right, Trico? Yep. And, and, and so this past Friday, right after we cut off, and Monday, as we were just chilling, there was a bit of stupidness we like to call the 2020 WWE Draft. And I'm just going to run through some of the key points of both nights and we'll just say who won at the end of this bad boy. So night one, which was last Friday after we shut up AJ Styles for both Rollins, Murphy and the Mysterio family. I don't think I need to say other than Paul, this is Paul Heyman that wanted AJ's beef with Heyman that put him to Raw. But for the entire feud that is just endlessly stupid, ew. 
And this kind of gave what was going to happen at the end of the night. No, end of the draft, I should say, away with the second trade. But Naomi for Bianca Belair. So Naomi's on Raw, Bianca's on SmackDown. Very weird. And then the final, Miz and Morrison to Raw. Not really that bad outside of the fact that Miz is going to be stalking Mandy Rose and just tormenting her again and again, which is real stupid. But the big thing coming out of night one, well, I guess we had no choice but to be sour about this. Both the New Day and Heavy Machinery are split like going through a paper shredder. And I'll get to what the New Day, what Woods and Kofi took with them in a minute, but man, and Trigo don't say anything before I hit y'all with the night two and then we'll hop in. But let's go to Monday Night Raw night two. The Iconics, Lana and Natty, after Lana got put through a table again in the Lucha House apart in the Lucha House Party, all ended, entered the same paper shredder and got split. Monday Night Raw took Charlotte Flair, go figure, Alexa and the Fiend, Alexa Bliss and the Fiend. The Bride of the Fiend. Titus freaking O'Neal. Nikki Cross, Elias, who randomly came back and returned. Returned and turned heel in the same night. Lacey Evans. Yeah, I don't care. Sheamus. Which I think... I don't even know what to say about Sheamus anymore. It's so confusing. Braun Strowman, which Raw Underground. I don't know what he's going to do in the title picture. And Matt Riddle and Jeff Hardy. Right. Okay, I'm going to say this right now before I even continue. The only reason they teamed up Matt Riddle and Jeff Hardy was to spout off old Hardy Boys references to dig at Matt Hardy. I guarantee you that's how it's set up. Yes, they interacted on Twitter, but you know WWE had to set that up to be petty. Because they're doing the same thing with Lana going through the table. And then here's the most intriguing. A crazy setup. They actually kept a team together within the Riot Squad, Zelina Vega, Lars Sullivan, and KO all going to SmackDown with the Street Profits. But wait a minute, Donis. Street Profits are Raw Tag Team Champions. New Day are, and are going to SmackDown. New Day are the new sm- in Woods and Kofi or the SmackDown championships, and they're they're going to Raw. Are we doing a title unification? No, no, no. What happened? You get a title. I take the title to my brand. You take the title to your brand. And everybody happy. Stupid. (laughs) And then we got a game of hot potato that we see every single year, apparently between Apollo Crews, Dolph Ziggler, and Bobby Roode. And I hate to say it's hot potato, but since the last three years, I think, they've traded back and forth every year between Raw and SmackDown. And I don't think there's been success outside of Crews' U.S. title reign for any of them. That's why I thought it was so weird to see Crews get traded. But, oh, well. More cannon farter for Lars. And then this, I know, is going to trigger people so bad. But this is just for a squash match, and we all know it. Because if she beats, she wins this match next week, there is going to be fan outrage. Next week, instead of building toward a match for her at Hell in a Cell, that can actually have some build and some weight. It's Lana versus Asuka for the Raw Women's title. 
<laughs> I wish we had the video component because you could just see Trico's face right now. He is so triggered. And it's just funny. I thought he was about to spit take. Now you can speak, especially on that last little bit. Um, it's kind of surprising that Lada got a title, but um, at first I thought she got eliminated at first, but uh, apparently she she didn't. So she got lucky, and um, it might end up being a squash match, but like, well, never might be. Yeah, it might be, but never say never. Uh, what's gonna happen? Okay, and then um, going into tonight one. So AJ go to Raw. And then we end up having this Rollins Mysterio feud going on again in SmackDown, which is kind of dumb. That should have ended a long time. So we traded. Here's, here's the caveat that I really hate about this feud. 2020, the speaking out movement. This is WWE's comedic satire in Vince's eyes over the speaking out movement. Because what the heck is Murphy doing in a 19-year-old's DMs? I'm sorry. Especially when you're in a relationship with Alexa, if I'm still correct, they're still in a relationship. Nah, that one I believe ended a while ago. But that is so weird to even be doing that. And I'll say this, like Bianca kind of gave away, the Bianca trade gave away what they were going to do with the Street Profits, but it didn't say how they were going to do it with what they were going to do with the titles. Because I knew they were going to try and keep relationships together. That's why both Alistair and Zelina ended up on SmackDown. But it's so weird. And apparently the whole Andrade squash situation by The Fiend and Alexa and then Angel Garza as well was because Vince is like basically giving up on Andrade. And he's in a relationship with one of they're over, like, one of their best women. <laughs> He's in a relationship and put a ring on Charlotte Flair, and yet he hates her. <laughs> so but here's the question for Andrade. So, he can either stay on Raw or rebuild himself and go back to NST. What's he going to do? Zelina's on SmackDown. <laughs> I mean, their relationship is done. She, uh, obviously, Selena ran because of Alexa and Fiend. That's the whole thing. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, and only, uh, She was trying to console him before that. Yeah. I mean, we already know she's in uh, – she already married Del- uh, Alexa Black, and, uh, and why, that's why she went to SmackDown. But We're talking about the character, the about the character for a second, not the relationship. No, nah, yeah, I, I already spoke the char- about the character in general. That's why she ran. This man now because of the fiend and Alexa. Yep. Oh okay. man. And, um, we had the Midnight Morris. It went to Raw, but like you mentioned, New Day and Heavy Sherry got split. And they and the thing is about the New Day is that they were so focused on Big East singles competition, and that's why Kofi Kingston and A.B. Words got moved to Raw, and Big East stayed on SmackDown. And then for Heavy Machinery. They which was build- done after SmackDown, which was stupid. Yeah, they tried to build um, Otis as a star because of uh, uh, the, the way uh, he's been getting ever since WrestleMania season, and now he's the current money in the bank. I I don't know why they did that, but that's I well. I feel I feel like granted he would have had like basically the Sasha Banks treatment with the title, but hear me out. I would have put him on Raw. Whatever happens at the cell, Caterpillar, one, two, three. But then, of course, Orton kills him at Survivor Series and gets the title back. You put Orton over. You get Otis over as a sympathetic babyface, especially once Mandy tries to help him out. You build him back up, and maybe in 2021, Otis becomes this upper mid-card babyface upper mid-card, maybe made of it baby face, and you don't shove out the Money in the Bank briefcase for basically a second or third year in a row to make it feel pointless. And then going into night two, of course, the icon got split, and Peyton Royce is on Raw. Officially. 
officially. Yeah. Yeah. They were already split by a stupid storyline, but they got split up officially by the draft. Yeah. And then, of course, Lana and Natalia got split. I don't care about that. Uh, okay. Lucha House Party got split. We already knew that's going to happen because they've been having some arguments about on SmackDown. That so. was bound to happen. Yeah. But yeah. the Lana and Natalia thing was actually – I didn't care. We don't care about that. Let's move I on. will say this. It didn't have to happen because of the draft, but it was going to happen regardless because Lana had been getting put in a table for four straight times Just and holding those L's, and Natalia got sick of holding them L's. Yeah, the reason so Lana put those tables is because of what Marissa will be saying about WWE. Back wrong. Yeah. Eh, eh, eh. What you I'm saying wrong because you're – Calling him by the wrong name. You don't know that dude. Miro don't know that dude. Yeah, what you think? Why you think why he, he gets Lana get put, put in the tail so many times? Why you think? Why you think? And why do you think Renee Young left the treatment of her husband of Mox? I mean, that uh, uh, yeah, like still- Mox got the Thanos treatment and he was a grand Grand Slam champion. Don't forget, Renee is coming back for the for the kickoff show for the SmackDown premiere. They basically begged her to do that. Yeah. Yeah, she may be back tonight, but they begged her to do that since she's still technically under Fox jurisdiction for the next year. Yeah. That's the only reason they got her, because she's under Fox contract. She's yeah, not under so. free range right now. Which and is, that yeah. was just simply due to freaking ba- backstage. When they did that mess. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't even know who's hosting Talking Smack, which just makes it look stupid. Because Renee and Daniel actually had chemistry, but it's just dumb. Yeah. And now, um, going on to the roster of the Raw pitch, you have Charlotte Flair. You have The Fiend. You have Alexa. You have Titus. You have Nikki, Elias, Lacey, Sheamus, Braun, Matt Riddle, and Jeff Terrell. Then you had the Riot Squad, Selena, uh, Lars Sullivan, and, Ke- and Kevin Owens to SmackDown, Street Profits, and the New Day switched titles. And then Stupid. Apollo, yeah, Apollo went, uh, Bobby Roode and Ziggler went to SmackDown. And of course, so what are all those draft picks? Who could we say won the draft, not only for night one and for night two? If you just look at, the women's division, Raw one. I'm sorry, Raw one. Granted, you don't have Charlotte Flair for the time being because of the surgery correction that she's going through right now. But I feel like she'll be back for Rumbler Mania, which is right around the corner. But then you also have The Fiend. I mean, Alexa, Nikki Cross, Asuka. Like, there's only so – Lacey Evans. There's only so much you could do of the Bailey-Sasha feud to where before it gets stale, especially when you have Zelina, who has been a ring general for, like, 10 years in three different companies, TNA included, and Bianca, who's just a natural gift to talent and natural charisma that people can get behind. There's only so much of Bailey and Sasha without – Sasha, especially if Sasha loses in the cell next weekend, that'll be her third Hell in a Cell. Let me finish on that one. Sasha's third Hell in a Cell loss. And if she doesn't come out of really the rumble with the title, because I feel she won't be defending it at Survivor Series. So if she doesn't come out of the rumble with SmackDown Women's Champion, if she beats Bayley, then she is cursed when it comes to singles women's titles and there may be credit credibility to what bailey was saying that sasha can't hold a title for nothing which can't hold a title without her and was using bailey so you basically put the heel philosophy over by a sasha championship loss before mania just to have her get that wrestlemania moment that's what I'm saying. She better uh, Sasha better win at, at, at Hell in a Cell Pitbull. She better win because if 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 not, then it's all for nothing. 
it's not just that. Like her, her career is on life support. With the amount of injuries, the fact she left after a booking decision, and the fact she has never defended a singles championship, her career could easily is on life support right now with the blueprint and this breakup of Bailey and the resurgence of the feud and the fact that she has been basically bringing up that women's division with match quality. But if she loses the any championship match from this point to Mania just to put WrestleMania over, I'm sorry. Sasha, like, she should just wait out her contract at the house. Cause well, at least she, she's getting some Hollywood stardom, and is she going to be on season two of The Mandalorian? That got confirmed? Yeah. You I know it. we saw the, uh, you didn't see photo, the trailer, but I saw the photo in the clip, but I didn't know if it was, you know, like people Photoshop the mess out of that. That was her. If you see the trailer, that was her. I just want to hear her voice, and then we'll go from there. But we're not going to talk about Disney. I don't want to. We're going to talk about, with the Rain trailer officially dropping, his gameplay trailer, with the fact that we got the return of that freaking Butterface. And we've got Cooney Mitsu coming back. We've got freaking Rambo. And a few other DLCs getting ready to drop anytime in the near future and get revealed. I wanted to have this little bit of a discussion over who do you think out of the PS4 and Xbox One generation of consoles was your favorite fighting DLC within the fighting game community, Trico? PS4. Who's your favorite DLC um, from the community? There have been a lot. A lot of good, a lot of what the heck, a lot of that should have been on disc, and a lot of shockers. Um, I think um, W2K19 had a good, good DLC roster. Um, I'm talking it. about the FGC, not wrestling. You could, but it's like, no. Um, I don't have that on my list, really, but um, as far as the, the other the is concerned, but um, I do have Tekken 7 on my list as well. As oh, so you're as, going by game. Okay. Yeah. As far as the, yeah, because uh, we're we going by, uh, by by the consoles of uh, a PS4 and the DLC. And where they are. You would say out of all the fighting games, the 2K19... Granted, it is the best wrestling game of this generation, bar none. But I would not have said 2K19 had the best or any of my favorite DLC. Uh, it was better than 2K20, which was just reskins. Reskins and the Fiend for a buggy mess. But, and then Battlegrounds, you can't really gauge it because they have not released any DLC, even though that is basically the fighting game. My favorite, and then Tekken 7 gave us Capcom versus SNK, gave us Final Fantasy, The Walking Dead. They're getting ready to give us Kunimitsu, so a Tekken 1 return. Technically, you can't even say a return because it's the daughter of the OG. The Kunimitsu we're getting for the DLC is the daughter of the original. So this is going to be interesting. Just like Master Raven, Master Raven excuse me, is the Matt Raven's superior. So it's going to be very interesting to see. But for me, I kind of want to go with, in, I was about to say Injustice 2, but no. I really want to go with uh, Mortal Kombat X, Mortal Kombat X. And simply because we had the Triborgs, characters we wanted in the game. So another one wasn't enforced to put characters in there like they just did. Uh, yeah, Melina, before you look at me like that, 
they got they basically got bullied into putting Molina in the game. Yeah, like why they didn't put her in the DLC of of Emma Go? I mean, we do see her in the um, friendship celebration with uh, Kitana. Katana is basically. I'll put this up when I talk when you talk about Katana. Here's the thing: she has a variation, a tournament variation that is basically Melina. That's why people got pissed off that she wasn't on the disc. So they outraged for Combat Pack One. Aftermath put her in the game. Combat Pack One, and then the second Combat Pack Two and Aftermath got announced. They were like, she needs to be on in this. She needs to be in this, or we riot. So at Boom Cake and put her in this to get people to shut up. But now I'm more the horror because the horror characters kind of fit within the style of Mortal Kombat versus the 80s action stars of what Mortal Kombat 11 has. And before anybody jumps at me, Mortal Kombat 11 is a basically about to turn into a zoner's paradise if it hasn't already because you have spawn the guns you have terminator the guns rambo the guns and that's a quarter year dlc right there that's a 30 year dlc it's just oh yeah and joker too my bad guns guns and traps if you want to vary it up yeah so it's just it's going to turn into a zoning mess to where if you don't have a teleport, you are going to get in the corner with your character, unfortunately. And that's despite, in spite of that freaking ball that Molina is going to bring. So that's why I loved X because it was just simple. Yeah, you had it with Jason with the machete with a little bit of zoning, but it took a while. But then. It was just simple. Alien vs. Predator, you had Jason. Heck, even MK9 had freaking Freddy. And it was a simple thing with the DLC. It wasn't overdone. Just filled out some loose holes, loose stuff with the roster. Added Triborg, which was simply Sector Cyrax and Smoke, which people are wanting. So I feel like MKX's DLC was the best of this generation. And heck, Like, there's about to be even an MKX port on the PS5 and Xbox One, so. Winner! Yeah, MKX DLC was on my list as well. It was on my list as well. Oh, yeah. And the reason I don't say any WWE anymore, because most of their DLC, especially if you have a showcase mode, is just reskins of stuff that could just be costumes for like the main character that's in the story mode 2k19 was all about daniel bryan you had three or four different generations of daniel bryan you had a generation of cena you had multiple canes you had multiple kofis you had multiple r-truths all those just could have been skins added to those characters instead of caking up character slots and adding character slots you know yeah so that's why I don't care for any WWE DLC. And then our last little bit of business about the Tekken online tournament. Before anybody jumps at me, I know we've covered this. But grand prize, $500. Second place, $300. Third place, 200 bucks. And I say that because it's free to free entry and if you make it all the way to least losers finals you're getting two hundred dollars go for it those that have competed hope you enjoyed it and it's regional too so it makes it very much easy to hop in and not having to worry too much unless you're in a real crappy like internet basically internet connection to just pick up and play with this it's just australia next this weekend so tonight going to sunday it's australia next weekend is basically your u.s central so simply the midwest but until then for next week wow we've got a three 
show three pay-per-view prediction show next week, which I do not know what to think. It's going to be a long one, but prediction shows can be that long. And especially since have you been watching impact wrestling? Not that, man, not that much, but I'll be keeping up on the highlights of what's going on. Yeah. So impact just got bound for glory. WWE, Hell in a Cell, UFC 254, previewing, I believe I'm going to do the main cards. I don't know if I'm doing pre-shows because that's just going to get dicey. And there may be some updates within the NFL. I don't know yet. We got to wait and see. Till then, for those that don't know, my name is Donez. Join with me for Trico. Thank you all. And PPFN. Adios. And we're signing off.